0: you're listening to my wedding season the podcast i'm your host ida glovik i photographed intimate weddings and elopements in europe this is the show where i provide over one wedding photographers with the inspiration tools and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business welcome back to my wedding season the podcast i have a very special bonus episode for you today Justin from Aftershoot is back on the podcast, but he's not alone. He's joined by his co-founder, Harshit. Last time Justin was here, we talked all about AI culling. You can listen to it on episode 36 of the podcast, and today we're all here to talk about AI editing. I had the opportunity to try out AI editing with Aftershoot during the beta phase and was amazed by its capabilities. I truly believe that it's going to be a game changer for wedding photographers who are looking for ways to get their time back during the wedding season. So if you've been hesitant about trying out AI editing or just want to find out more about what it is all about, this episode is definitely for you. And Justin and Harsha have also been so kind enough to provide the listeners of the podcast with the opportunity to sign up for a lifetime annual subscription to Aftershoot Culling and Editing for only $499 a year. You can find my affiliate code in the show notes. So without any further ado, let's get into the conversation. Awesome. So I just want to welcome both of you, Justin and Harshit, to the podcast. Welcome back, Justin. Welcome for the first time, Harshit. We'll do it again, I'm sure, sometime again. Such a <laughs> pleasure. So I want to like, just take it one by one. And like I know your origin story, but I'm sure some of our listeners don't. So if you guys could start with that, say how you guys kind of got together, came up with this idea and lead us in that way, that'd be amazing. So leaving it up to you.
1: Oh, for sure. So uh, it's a very atypical founder story. Uh, and when I tell people that, hey, I met my co-founder on Instagram, they're like, <laughs> okay, I mean, did you guys get married or what?
0: <laughs> yes, he just slide
1: into his DMs. <laughs> Actually, Justin slid into mine. Oh, <laughs> so
2: yeah. Justin, do you want to talk yeah, more about I, that? Because, yeah. yeah. I um, I was in a Facebook group. And someone had posted in this Facebook group and they said, someone reached out to me. They're just looking to talk about what it would mean to cull your images using like AI or artificial intelligence, like just a a new tool that could change how we operate. And for me, as a busy wedding photographer, like culling is the worst thing you can possibly do, right? I mean, you're looking at photos, it saves you time in editing, But really, it's you're spending time doing nothing when you're culling, right? You're just looking at photos. You're not editing, you're not doing anything. So it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? It saves you so much time ultimately. Yes. When you use it, but it actually doesn't save you time. Like when you think about, oh, I'm spending three hours, five hours, whatever it is, culling a wedding. You're actually not doing anything towards your end goal other than speeding up what you would need to do. I hear you. I hated it, right? Culling was the thing like I would take days to do something that I could probably do in like, you know, six, seven hours. But uh, you know, I just I, I didn't want to do it. I would spread it over like three days. I'd be like, let me call the first half of this wedding, and then I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm done for the day. I, I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, so I slid. So I, I, I knew I had to like just at least talk to Harshit when I saw that. So I slid into his DMs. Uh, a nice little message. I'm pretty sure the message. <laughs> I love I love revisiting the message. I'm pretty sure it said, hey, I'm interested. In talking with you about the AI stuff, but I'm super busy, so like, don't count on me to so basically.
1: You also, you also mentioned
2: that I cannot wait to give you my money if this thing comes into fruition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said I literally said I would give you all my money if this is a possibility. Um, so we we started DMing back and forth, and then we set up the probably the one of our our funniest calls. We still have it recorded. Um, it's just he and I awkwardly dancing around talking about culling and how I cull and what his vision is and and whatnot. Uh, and then he he disappeared. He went off into the wild i mean he kept dming me oh to kept, make
0: it all I, work like to do the yeah, magic
2: yeah. right yeah yeah i did the really hard it, work justin no yeah. i think that's I disappeared. Know, no, you <laughs> disappeared no you, disip, you okay. disappeared to build the software yeah yeah uh so so he slid he slid out and, and went and built a software and came back uh and that was in 2019 so he came back in uh in early 2020 uh right before covid actually with Amazing. a version yeah and it was it was awful it was awful (laughs) you know you just have to all right right? all right it it was it was it was good (laughs) but it it didn't solve the inherent problem right there was still a lot of issues um so in my favorite part of the story so how I actually really got involved was because uh after all of that he sent that first version so Harshit like he was devoted right he knew he saw a problem and he wanted to solve it he emailed some 800 900 photographers 200 oh, of those actually got back. that's yeah, a dedication
0: yeah. uh, I have mad respect for that like you you put in that work yeah. and we appreciate you for it yeah, no,
2: thank yeah you. so he put in all that all that effort to get people 200 responded roughly right and those 200 about 50 really, you know, engaged with him. So we sent the the prototype to to 50 people and like maybe what 10 used it. Um mm-hmm. I think eight of them gave you horrible reviews. They were like, Yep, nope, you should just give up and crawl in a hole and <laughs> disappear. Um, and then and then I uh, you know, there's a couple that were like, Oh, this is promising. There's something here. Uh and then I came back and I was like, Well, no, this is really bad, but there's a pathway ahead. And yeah. then from that point forward, we just started talking more and more. And I think I think within a week, you had already sent a new version that was yep. even just a touch better. Yep. Um, and then the world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then COVID. Hit. So then, then actually, we had a lot of time to kind of you know be, just go back and forth and and play with some versions, and then. Uh, And then the official one that like we was there was uh, in November 2020. That was when we we sent it out to people and we're like, hey, let's get more feedback, more than just Justin complaining. Let's get other people to complain.
0: Yeah, that's wild. I know we went deeper into last time we chat, uh, Justin. And yeah, you explained how, you know, you had that free version and you got into the paid version. It just went wild from that and by the time that episode came out we knew edits is gonna come out and here we are edits are out so like for the listeners i'm gonna tell you to go back to learn about all the culling from that episode so that we can spend time talking about edits in this episode so let's see what was the evolution from culling to edits
2: yeah
1: absolutely harsha you want to dive yeah no for sure so the genesis of Editing was, uh, again, from our users. So one of the key things about Aftershoot is that we are very much devoted to improving the lives of photographers and again, yeah. them being our users. So anything and everything that we do is, again, from the feedback and requests of our users. And the first time we heard about AI editing was from our users. This is way back in uh I'd say mid-2021, when we, after a few months of our uh, uh, initial beta that we released, we had people coming up to us and saying that, hey, oh, you know what would be fun? If you could also do AI editing. The culling yeah. works great. We would like to see AI editing as well. they like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. And uh, again, up until this point, it was all virtual. I was still in India. There's still COVID, uh, ha- I mean, scare happening. So I was still in India. And we're still like listening to our users for feedback and so on and so forth. And I think uh, the epiphany came when we were at WPPI last year. It was my first trip to the US to meet Justin after the pandemic. Uh, and I was like, okay, like uh, let's use this uh, trip of mine to also get to meet a lot of users. I uh, did a bunch of trade shows uh, just to get a feel of everything uh, firsthand. So we went to WPPI, my first conference, <laughs> in-person conference. And that's, I mean, that, that's when we saw that a lot of people came to us and said, hey, we want AI editing. Yes. We would love to see AI editing by after shoot. And I, okay, that's interesting. So I think we started working on the possibility of uh, an AI editing tool right there and then. So I told Justin that, hey, Justin, you know what? Like, I don't want to go to the whole after party thing. Why don't you go ahead and do that? I want to like just look into this AI editing a bit more. And we had one of our uh, interns with us and uh, him and I, we just sat down together looked at a couple of like Justin's wedding and we got a couple of images from some of our users and just built a initial prototype version okay because you're
0: geniuses and you can do that right away right yeah I actually
2: I I, I, this is really important because I think you know I I brag on what we do a lot right so Mm -hmm. I you know I am super proud of every single one of our team members uh Harshit as well but you know all to all together we have some of the best and brightest minds in the world at Aftershoot. And so when we, you know, I knew editing was coming for a long time because I had already written down like maybe a a, a 500 page essay of all the things that I didn't like about existing options, whether it was AI editing, basic editing, whatever it is, like batch syncing stuff. I had a huge list of all the things I was really unhappy with with every solution available. And I started that back in like September. Because <laughs> I knew it was coming. I just knew I needed harsh it here to really yeah. hear with me and 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 want to wanna get that fire inside, right? Because culling, he knew culling was that personal problem. Like he knew people who faced it, but he didn't know how big of a problem editing was per se. He knew we needed to do it, right? He's heard it, but then in person it was crazy. So I but the shout out to the engineers and everybody because literally day one of WPPI, I think we had just set up the booth. We hadn't even launched the booth yet, really. And you guys were like, hmm, we should probably talk about doing this, you know, because we, we were just like meeting yeah. users on the fly. And they're like, oh, my God, we love you guys. But we need editing. Uh, so day one, I went I went away and went and talked to people and I and they sat down, looked at my catalogs, played with some stuff. Day two, I came back and there was like an initial kind of like prototype build so to speak like nothing fancy just (laughs) something to start with
0: already yeah they
2: were just like hey give us some photos that aren't edited right so give me all your photos they trained a profile and then they said give us some photos that are not edited and by day three I was like this is kind (laughs) of really good already (laughs) what is going on um so it was it was wild and so we took the we took it from WPPI and just sprinted with it right and and you know, for us as a company, one of the cool things that we face, uh, it's cool and uncool at the same time, but we we essentially, we're a local software, right? right? So one of the biggest things we face is actually the interface working on all of these different computers, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the initial launch of everything was WPPI. We had code written at WPPI, um, right? But it, we went back and we totally revised it and played with it and expanded it and made it like 10 times better over the next few months. But then the longest part of the process was really just how do we make a Windows machine, a Mac machine? You know, how do we make all of these things interface really well? And how do we yep. do everything except the profile training on your computer instead of sending it off to the cloud? Exactly.
0: Yep. And that's what I love. Like it's an app which you can download. And then once you've trained your profile, right, you can have all the calling, all the editing done locally on your computer Which is massive, especially I would say for those of us in Europe, because we in Germany, especially, we have these data protection laws and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're so careful. And that's like one of like the winning deals for me with aftershoots and obviously your pricing model. Like talk about that, because I think the way you're doing it is the right way. Love it.
1: Thank you. I think uh, this was the number one priority for us yeah. and uh, we've had multiple people who told us that hey oh we would love to pay you more i mean <laughs> we had, like, i mean we had yeah. multiple people who said that, hey like by the way guys i mean not to not to like uh, i mean uh uh, uh uh harm myself but i can like yeah. definitely <laughs> pay you more than what you're charging and mm-hmm. the, the main thing that we had with Aftershoot was that i mean we also know that hey ten dollars per month for unlimited culling is I'm yes. probably undervaluing the software by a lot. <laughs> the, <laughs> really? the the work that we do is definitely worth more than that. But the the, the thesis that we had was that okay, our aim is to make the lives of photographers easier. Yeah. To let them focus on more creative bits. And we cannot penalize them for being more creative. We cannot say that, okay, you know what? We are letting you shoot more. But by the way, if you shoot more, we charge you more. It doesn't exactly. work that way. It is
0: exactly goes
1: against yeah. It goes against everything that we started off off with. I mean so that was one of the key reasons as to why we said that you know what we will have a fixed pricing because I mean again I mean Google Docs doesn't charge you for the number of articles you write I mean <laughs> too uh, many like words every like,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly yes it's 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 a weird thing to do it's a weird thing to do so like okay you know what I mean let's let's figure out uh, I mean again we are an innovative company so let's innovate on all fronts not just the tech and product
0: yeah absolutely and you know like a lot of us we're starting to shoot mirrorless we are firing away right we have all these images at the end of the day and just thinking okay you know thinking it's just gonna hurt me financially to all put all these images into the software and stuff it's like this additional stress that none of us need right and some Mm -hmm. images also like even me like before using ai i would edit photos And then in the end, I go through and I take out some images. I just cut it down again, you know, just to have like the cream of the crop left for the gallery. And then if I had Mm -hmm. to think, oh my gosh, I actually paid for that image. I should keep it in and stuff. It's just not helping anyone. That's why I just feel like you give us so much flexibility doing it that way. And yeah, no, I just love that. It just shows where the heart is and the heart is really helping photographers. So Kudos to you. I Thank am you yeah, a huge fan about that's,
2: that. that. That's one of our our, you know, biggest things when we when we built this company, the whole concept of it was to be different right? We never want it to be just another company. That's why we have like the 24 hour in-app support, right? Because we don't want to, any other industry or any other company in the industry, for the most part, you don't get a hold of somebody. If you have a problem, you're (laughs) you're on your own, Um, right? You email them and then you get a reply back, you know, maybe later, maybe a couple days later. Uh, And as photographers, like we're, you know, we're on a deadline or, you know, for us to stop what we're doing, for three days because there's something not working, or you have a question or whatever it is, and you can't move ahead. That's that's terrible, right? Like I I've spent so many nights, like wait late nights Googling how to fix something in 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 different softwares. And you know, who's had this experience posting in all the Facebook groups and everything? Like, how do I get past this issue that I'm having? And we were like, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. And so it's the same with the pricing, right? I mean, a lot of us resist the idea of outsourcing imagery as photographers because it's costly right it it's really it's is. too much money to go say oh I'm gonna spend 25 cents an image and then most photographers it's funny and don't get don't hate me photographers but most of us are very very much like you uh, we're worth what we're worth right you should get you should pay us what we're worth but at the same time we're also very much like mm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna spend that kind of money right <laughs> right so sure. so, it, it, so when you and I was that way that's why I can say that because for me I was like oh you know it took me a lot I, I finally bit the bullet at one point a few years ago and tried out one of the one of like the unlimited uh quote-unquote unlimited it was like 700 images for a flat rate or something per month
0: yeah um,
2: and it was like I, I didn't get enough benefit from it to feel that it was worth it. And it was so much, it was still thousands of dollars every year, which like that, that really does hurt the bottom line. Of course, If I make $150,000 doing shooting, but then I'm spending three, $4,000, that's an entire wedding for me, right? Yeah. We're charging $4,000 a wedding. I'm taking a wedding and I'm just paying to have that done. And that's the mentality. I at least looked at it, um, which is why we decided to price it so so affordably because it shouldn't be, Oh, this is like an entire, I just worked an eight hour wedding and then called and edited and did all of this work Yeah. just to pay for the editing for the year. That's, yeah. that's not fun. Right. Nobody wants that. So now I'm like, Oh, I just booked an engagement session. Right. I can equate it to an engagement session at this point, one engagement. Session. Um, and we, you know, we've had uh, Sorry to keep rambling on here, but oh, we, please I,
0: go for it. I am listening. All oh, good.
2: <laughs> I have a, a so I've spoken to a few different users that use AfterShoot edits in different ways. um So one of our ambassadors, who we were actually just in Greece with, his name is Will Kadina, um and what he does is he actually uses this to turn around weddings faster, so he can then deliver their gallery while they're on the honeymoon, and then he can. Then he can upsell them on albums and other things much because they're still in that honeymoon phase. They're still excited. They're yeah. still really, there. They're, they got their photos back. They are happy. They're in love. The wedding, they, you know, the longer, the further you get away from a wedding, the less excited you are about it. So he optimizes that. He's seen a 60 percent increase in album sales just by doing that. So it's like, it's a no brainer to just take advantage of something like that. And then I have other photographers who I met um, who are just using it. They're, they're upcharging, So they're Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you can skip the queue. Let me, I'll get you your images back in one week. Right. So instead of waiting four weeks to get your, your wedding photos, I'll get them to you in one week and you just pay $500. And that covers, you know, for our special Which I you're going to announce soon, (laughs) of course. The unlimited unlimited culling and the unlimited editing is five hundred dollars a year, locked in at the founders' price. So, for the if they get one person a year who says yes, I want my photos in one week instead of four for five hundred dollars, the entire software paid for itself. So there's already covered. Yeah. And the, yeah. in this digital age, everyone wants their stuff fast, right? Like, I mean, I, for me, everyone's like, where are my pictures? Where are my pictures? Right. Like 48 hours later. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't even like recover from your wedding yet. I'm still drinking Gatorade <laughs> and trying to <laughs> <laughs> um, So to be sad. able to say, yeah, I can skip you up and get you ahead faster. If you want to pay a little bit more, you know, they, ha- they have all that money that they got from gifts and all that sort of stuff. So some, a lot of them are just like, Yeah. I'll pay $500 to get my photos really fast, like I'm all in. So, uh, you know, there's ways to increase revenue using this and, and whatnot. But also, again, the it's the security, you know, all you got to do is convert one person to give you an extra $500 and the entire thing is covered. Or you if you shoot 10 weddings a year, all you got to do is figure out what $50 extra a wedding would cost to cover the whole cost of the product.
0: Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it. And I love the point you made about Album sales because like I recently had a photographer on the podcast. Her name's Lisa Devlin, and she was really talking about the best way to sell albums is just a few weeks latest after the wedding when it's still hot. Right. Yep. And it was one of her major tips because people are asking, Hey, did you get your images back? People are excited. It's not just a couple, but their family, their friends and stuff. So it's like still in their radar. And, like a lot of people are missing out on those album sales because they also don't have their images ready. So, I feel like that's such a huge point to make and definitely just to keep in mind. I love that. And I mean, all photographers, they have to see what kind of clients they work with. You know, it's not going to work with everybody that's just for getting images faster that they're willing to pay, but some clients are willing to pay. So, it's about figuring out mm-hmm. how to make that revenue. Or even if it's not about making that revenue, it's about the time and freedom we get as photographers during the wedding season. Like, that's my main focus, especially, like, having two little kids. Hey, I want to go outside and play with them and not be stuck in my office, right?
2: Exactly. And this is, you know, we're, we're here to... Our number one goal, like I love to push the the ways you can revenize you know, make yeah. and increase those things. But really, the 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 whole concept here is just about getting time back, right? Yeah. That's 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 yeah. what we put forth, right? There's ways to you know make this pay for itself, make you extra money, however you look at it. But really, at the end of the day, you know, harshet the the that founding story was he has family, right? Photographers that are family. And yeah. they they literally just get stuck behind the computer sorting images, something that can be done yep. with AI. And so we as photographers know we all got into this because we love to take pictures, right? Yes. I mean, there's, there's very few photographers who are like, this is a good business path for me. I'm going to do this. Let me go buy a camera, right? It's always, oh, I love taking photos. People say, I take great photos. I want to just try it. Maybe I can make this a business for myself. And so we fall in love with taking pictures first. But once you start getting clients, you don't take pictures that you want to anymore, right? You love taking pictures of your clients. But when you started, you weren't taking pictures of clients. You were taking pictures of waterfalls and animals and sunsets and all these different things that you like. And so many of us lose sight of that. And actually this year or last year, I guess now Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the first time in like seven years that I took any photos that were not directly related to client work, right? I was like, oh, I'm gonna just take my camera out and like take some pictures of some wildlife, or go take mm-hmm. some pictures of you know things that I hadn't done in so long. Mm-hmm. And now I don't even have to cull and edit those either. So That's now I'm amazing. in this position where like my clients get their pictures faster. I'm not on deadlines with them, but then I'm also just taking pictures of all the stuff that I personally love to take pictures of and not having to worry about it. So it really is bringing us back to that idea of. What do you love? And I have four kids, so I sympathize with you and how how difficult <laughs> it is. amount. To, yeah, to, to run run a business and 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 have kids and and try and make time for everything in the, under the sun. So yeah, give a little time back. It's huge.
0: So good. So like, I want to take it now to Harsha in terms of for people who really don't understand, like how is this AI editing working? There's AI coming out left and right. People are freaking out sometimes hesitant let's just break it down to be like okay what is the ai doing with our images in the most simplest of terms for people who are a bit confused
1: no absolutely so uh, think of ai as a virtual you so that's Mm what the ai at aftershoot is right it is literally a virtual you and that's why we said that okay the culling you start the culling and as you use it and as you tweak what the AI has suggested, it learns from you. It learns what Ida likes, it learns Mm -hmm. what Justin likes and it starts to adapt and adjust its results for every single user. That's for the culling bit. For the editing bit, we just simply ask you for your past images that you have already edited and delivered so that the AI can learn from you that, okay, this is how Ida edits, this is how Justin edits and then learn from that because there's always a pattern to the way you edit. You may not Know it, you may not feel it, but there's always a set pattern because you want your images to look like a certain way, right? So you always edit your images in a certain style. So AI just tries to understand what that pattern looks like and just learn that. And then once it's learned that, it just uses that same learning to automatically edit your future shoots. And obviously, it's AI; it cannot be hundred percent accurate. Even a human is not hundred percent accurate. If you teach no, someone a editing style, even they won't be exactly. Even they won't be hundred percent accurate. So it's just, it's just, the idea is to like, uh, let it do all the boring and mundane work so that you can go and look at what it has done, uh, do the final review. We still, we still uh, encourage people to do the final review. We encourage people to not rely on AI hundred percent because yeah. you have to make sure that you are proofing everything that the AI has done. Whatever AI is presenting is according to your personal style and your taste as an artist. So you just go in, make any slight adjustments and then The best thing is that you can feed that back into the AI for it to learn and get better. So
0: yeah, so good. And then just that people don't get confused, like it's not a preset that you're just putting on. Like, of course, you your past images you probably use the preset to edit. And then obviously Mm -hmm. you can take like I know you recommend taking different shoots and different lights conditions and everything. So it learns from that. And then it's just using that and the images that come out they're going to look similar to the images from the past. So like, as if you put that preset on it, right? Is that a fair way of putting it? Just for people to, who might be confused
1: about that. Yeah, no. So with with the AI, every image is edited individually. So Mm -hmm. with the preset, you're applying and slapping the same value across all the images. It's static. Whereas with AI, it looks at all the images one by one and edits them differently. And a good way to test this to make sure that, hey, Uh, We are not fooling people by using presets is if you take two images, it's right next to each other, right? Just slightly change the subject and you'll notice that the edits made to those images are slightly different. There's like Mm -hmm. 10 to 50 Kelvin change in white balance and so on and so forth. So that tells you that, hey, whatever the AI did, it is doing that to every single image on an individual basis. And it's not just batch applying a preset because I mean, that is something that, yeah, I mean, you already have. So what's the point?
0: exactly so like as long as the images we're feeding it have a sense of consistency in the way that we've edited it it will have that output of having a consistent gallery that it gives us is that fair to say
1: correct correct and justin feel free to like add to it if you think that i might have missed out on something
2: no you you crushed it i think it you know the 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 biggest difference between a preset and what we do is that it's it's individualized and it understands the the style. I mean, how many times do you actually, when you go and you buy a preset and you try and apply that preset to a certain condition that you shot in and it just doesn't look right and you're tweaking everything to make it look like that. Yeah. We'll do that tweaking for you, right? We can learn the tweaking that you've done to make the <laughs> preset work in a backlit condition versus a cloudy day condition versus off-camera flash versus all these different things. So uh, it's really cool. And one of the big examples, so... Mm-hmm. I love to show the difference between my off camera flash at sunset and off camera flash on like a detail shot. So I do a shot where I have like the shoes and I put the ring on and I put the flash right above it. It's a high contrast looking shot. Yeah. And that shot the highlights come up and the shadows come down, which is the opposite of what I normally do for the sunset photos where I'm bringing the shadows up and my highlights down. And so the AI has learned and adapted to that and understands like when my subject looks like that, where it's a high contrasty situation, it needs to bring the highlights up and the and the shadows down to make the contrast. Whereas when I'm off camera flash at sunset, I'm trying to pull back all the stuff that I messed up, right? Like So I'm exposing for the sky and using the flash to fill the couple, but then there's all this, like all the trees lose detail and everything. And it understands that it needs to bring that stuff back up. Um, so again, It's the same exact preset, essentially, right? Like that's the idea, right? It's my look. It matches my look all the way. The same sliders are being adjusted, but it's adjusting them totally different directions based on the what I'm actually delivering it.
0: Oh, it's like a smart
2: preset. It's a smart preset. I love
0: that. You should like trademark that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And um I know you have tutorials and stuff up to show people how they can train their personal profile, but just so that people have a little bit of an idea. Can you just mention like what they need in terms of the Lightroom catalog to actually get started and how many images they need just so that they have a, a picture in their minds?
2: Justin, do you want to take that? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... Uh, my number one thing. So first, I'm going to tell you guys what you actually should be training the AI with, uh, because that's really important. So, we, you know, when you're building your own personal AI assistant, you want to give it a bit of everything. And I and I equate it to an assistant that you cannot speak to. Right. The AI, you can't say like, oh, this is what I want you to do. You have to show it through repetition. Right. So it would be like basically hiring an editor and only being able, not being able to talk to them, but actually just sending them what your work looks like repeatedly so that they can understand it. So you got to give it the good shoots, the bad shoots, like when the conditions are great, when the conditions aren't so great. So it knows how to handle everything you want it to do, right? If you don't ever shoot in fluorescent lighting and you give the AI images in fluorescent lighting, they're going to be white balance wrong. But if you show the, if you train it, on sets of photos that have fluorescent lighting in it, it's going to say, "Oh, you know, I really do need to crank up the pinks when I when I come into this situation." <laughs> um, so, what you actually need to get started is Lightroom catalogs and either the original RAW photos or smart previews. Uh, we recommend smart previews because it's way faster, right? So we, if you give us raw photos, we have to make our own little previews. Um, so the upload process takes a little bit longer because um, we have to just convert them first. But if you have the smart previews, we don't have to do that. We can just take them and upload them. Um, so you need the Lightroom catalogs to train it. You know, For photographers who use one big Lightroom catalog, it, does, it, it runs a little bit slower because the catalogs are bigger um, to actually load all the stuff you need. But if you're one of the photographers who uses like individual catalogs for every single shoot, you can put 15 different Lightroom catalogs in at the exact same time. So you can actually just like drag and drop all of your work from last year, right? And say, here's 15 shoots, learn from these 15 shoots. Um, So you can do it all at once and you just go through and you just have to say, hey, only look at the five star images because that's what I delivered to my clients. Those are my final edits.
0: Yeah, so it's that initial thing that people need to be a little bit prepared for that that does take a little bit of time to get it started. But it's just worth the investment. I know like my husband and I were doing it, I think it was back in November. I don't know how many people you've helped out, but we were (laughs) in the chats with you, at least my husband was, and you really helped us out when we ran into a few things because that does happen, right? People are going to run into into problems, but your your team, your customer service is amazing. So like, I just want people to feel confident, even if it feels a little overwhelming to start with, that there are people holding your hand <laughs> <laughs> along the way to get it started. And it's just that first initial hump of getting that profile made. And afterwards, it's just, you know, you can go Add it either way, especially the way you have it set up, right? You can cull and then throw in the images to get edited, or you can just be like, "Hey, you know what? Edit these images, then let me cull afterwards." Right? That's also an option.
1: 100%. It's just like learning how to shoot manual, right? The first time you learn how to shoot it, it's hard to understand. It's like hard to get around it, but once you do, you understand and realize the true potential and power of your camera. It's similar to over here. Right, again, if it was easy, I mean, then what's the fun in it, right? right. You have to make sure that the end result feels worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's not, I mean, it's it's all about, again, as Justin mentioned, uh, the data set that you provide and it has to be mm-hmm. a well-balanced data set. You cannot say that, oh, I, I'll give the AI 4,000 outdoor images and just 100 indoor images and expect that, hey, the, it'll nail both the images properly. So it has to be a good mix between the outdoor images, the indoor images. And if you feel that, hey, I don't have enough images to make a good mix, then you can also make two different profiles. Uh, So again, we would recommend trying what works the best for you. You can make a one mega profile with all the kind of images, all the different lighting conditions if you have a good mix. If you don't, then make two individual profiles and you can have three profiles and see which one works the best. We have one of our users who shoot with like three cameras and they have one mega profile with 25,000 images and that works perfectly fine for them. So it's, it's all about, again, since it's an AI, it's not a typical preset. It has to, like, your experience with it, uh, will, with it will differ to someone else's experience. So you have to try it out yourself and see what works and what doesn't work.
2: Yeah. And that's my, you know, my, one of the things that I tell everybody when they get into this, You it's not that complicated to get a profile started, right? If you have Lightroom catalogs on external hard drives with raw images or smart previews, you can mm-hmm. just... It takes three minutes, right? It just load the Lightroom catalog into Aftershoot, tell it what images you want, click upload, and then you're done. So what I did, I just, I, you know, part of my job obviously here is to experiment, Mm -hmm. but I also just, I learned stuff about me as a photographer through my experimentation. So I built a bunch of different profiles, right? So I've tried all different like variations and mixes and whatnot, because you get five profiles. Yeah. So you can build five different profiles so take take a take some take a day to just upload you know 5 minutes out of the, in the morning upload a bunch of catalogs one mix of catalogs then take the next one and do another one cuz you can continually edit these photos over and over again there's no extra charge or anything so what I did is I built like five different profiles in totally different conditions. I built one that was like winter weddings only, one that was summer weddings only. I built one that had all weddings. I built a huge one, a tiny one, you know, one that's only this type of a venue, like a barn or, you know, darker venues, one that's only brighter venues. And then what I did is I just took a catalog. I, I took a bunch of images and put them into a collection and I just edited them over and over again under all the different profiles. And then I compare and I actually learned that what works best for me is that I need two separate profiles, one for winter, one for summer, because apparently something I did not know, but I actually white balance different in the winter than I do in the summer. So I use a lot more blue tones in my white balance in the winter because it's a cooler time of year. And then in the summer, and in the fall, I'm way warmer. So it's one of those biases that, you know, I had that I didn't even know I had, but I learned it through just experimenting and playing. So I found that my edits got a lot more accurate when I said, oh, I'll use the summer profile on my summer ones and my winter, you know, my winter weddings weren't looking so hot because everything was really yellow. And I was like, mm, it's like 200 degrees too warm everywhere. But now I know, oh, I have to, now I have my winter profile and it's spot on. So uh, yeah, you learn biases. So, again, just just play with it. It's only five minutes in the actual app that you need to be there to upload it. Then you just can walk away and let it do its thing. Uh, so, it's not a huge task. It's not daunting. Just plug in the hard drives and you can play with it. And just, you don't even have to be, you know, you don't really have to be super discriminant about what you're doing, right? You can just plug in hard drives and say, yes, I'm going to upload these 10 catalogs and just see what the result looks like.
0: Oh, so good. I mean, I think actually what took me longer is because I never used Lightroom before mm-hmm. this. I used it because mm-hmm. of AfterShoot because I've always been in camera raw. That's where I've been edited. So I actually had to like download Lightroom and figure out how catalogs work. <laughs> so I think I'm a special case. My husband and I were like, okay, but it was worth it. Let me just say that much. And I totally have to agree also what you said about summer weddings and winter weddings because I had... A similar thing, I had a winter wedding in December and used after shoot to edit that and then just saw quite a bit of yellow. (laughs) Everything else was good and not always. It was really when we're, um, it was really snowy and we're outside and I had to get those yellows down, but otherwise it was good and it just makes sense. Of course, not every situation is the same when you have the option of doing different profiles. I love it. I know one thing people probably are asking is if you're gonna bring in profiles from other photographers is that something you are considering doing
1: very soon yes
0: all right yes. and how yes. would that work for people like uh if you just do you want to talk about it a little bit or should we just wait for that to watch?
1: happy to happy to give a brief overview of what that would look like so okay. there'll be it'll, be it'll be two parts one all would right. be that i mean you have certain pre-built profiles that you can uh, use right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And second, you we also want to add an option to let people share profiles with their friends. That, let's say if you built a profile that you're very confident of, that, hey, I think this works really well. So you can share that with your friends and let them use your profile.
0: Wow. And
1: just, uh, yeah, I mean, just to uh, have that option as well. So it's something that you're working on. Uh, and it should be launched uh, soon, I'd say. No okay. no timeline at such, but soon, very soon.
0: Yeah, I mean... I know you guys are still in beta, but I'm assuming quite a few photographers have used edits already. Like, what's the feedback been like? What are people saying, the good and the bad, or is it only good stuff? <laughs> yeah.
1: There's definitely, I mean, there's definitely things that we can do to improve. Okay. Uh, and again, since we are still in beta, and again, what we are doing with like running everything on a machine, so this like less flexibility on the kind of AI infra we can use, the AI architecture we can use. So we have to be like, we have to walk a thin line between mm-hmm. efficiency and accuracy and speed. Yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of feedback uh, around people. Again, it's specifically pertaining to what you just said, that some people don't have a set style that, hey, oh, I'm just starting out and I don't have a set style. How can I use it? We're right. working on that. Some of those issues, I mean, initially, when we first launched, there were issues with our servos wherein people were unable to train a profile. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we worked really hard on that. I mean, kudos to our developer team and engineering team. We just like worked very hard to... Just redo the whole infrastructure in our cloud to just make it capable of handling uh, such requests. Because what happened was when we did our internal testing with, say, 50 photographers, we were just, okay, getting, like, three, four profiles a day. When we did our public beta, then we started getting, like, what, like, 100, 200 profiles a day. And I was like, okay, we did not expect this. Yeah, of
0: course. (laughs) Uh, We
1: didn't account for all the edge cases. And we
2: had to learn the hard way. But, hey, we learned and we fixed it. It came, yeah. it came fast too. That was the, you know, I, we, we kind of, you know, we had hoped that it was going to be very successful, right? I mean, that's what we, that's 30. what we always look for, but we didn't expect it to be as successful as it was right, right off the bat. I mean, it was like a wildfire. The, as soon as we gave it to more people than the first 50, everyone was like, oh, I'm building profiles, building profiles. Like, right. Both. <laughs> well there's a thousand of you building profiles at the exact same time we did not expect that <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean um i see it pop up on facebook groups you know and people are talking about it um that's the way you see that there's a need for it you know cuz a lot of us are just drowning in all this and i think it's like this whole thing after covid we all know the postponements all those I mean, people have been telling me the amount of weddings they're shooting in one season and it's been crazy. And I think that need for having some sort of balance in our lives has become so prominent all of a sudden that any solutions like, come on, let's do this. Let's get it set up. And I mean, at least for those of us who are in this northern hemisphere going into the wedding season right now, having that bit of time is just the perfect time for people to kind of dive in to this so that they're all set up. So. Um, it's such a good time to launch. I also saw that you have done a rebrand. How you know yep. and had your anniversary? Yeah. What's What's the the facelift? We We've got a new logo. We've got our magical unicorn still.
1: They're still there. See? Yes, they're still here. I
0: love them.
1: <laughs> yeah, the no, no. Branding so branding
0: is on point. Yeah.
1: Thank yeah, you. so the the intent for the rebrand, uh, I mean, yeah, we still love our uh, old logo. I think uh, we still have it somewhere. We have the I have a whole like uh, LED lit logo at, in my home, so we still we still love it. It definitely served the purpose of educating people to what AfterShave was. But as we were heading into editing and more colors, yeah, we thought that hey, our brand needs more colors. Yeah, our brand needs more vibrance. And again, unicorns, the unic, the uh, rainbows. So I mean, yeah, we we thought that hey, we've, like, we're missing some colors.
2: Mm-hmm. So.
1: We've been working on the new rebrand for like almost uh, eight months now. And before we finally eventually released it in Feb, we've been working on it since I believe August or uh, somewhere. We got the first, uh, uh, we got first introduced to the new logo uh, in August, uh, which our team was working on. And uh, if you remember when we had the edit uh, beta sign up list, we used the new logo over there. Mm -hmm. Makes, yeah, we started slow, but now we like it's, it's, it's finally the website is updated. It's rebranded. The social is now rebranded. Uh, up next is our app. We will be pushing out an update to the app as well to sort of like uh, mm-hmm. be more uh, vibrant, more colorful. I
0: love and, it. Uh,
1: yeah. So that's, that's, that's what's next.
0: Yeah. And one thing I do want to mention, cause I did ask Justin uh, a few weeks back is that you're able to use it on multiple devices, right? So like for people who might be concerned that it only might work on one certain computer, um, if you have a subscription, right? Like, and you're on the go, you want to use it on your laptops. Uh, we've got destination wedding photographers listening to this. It's also possible for them to do it that way.
1: Absolutely, yes. We do want to uh, limit the number of uh, simultaneous logins. Sure. Like, for example, we don't want people to like uh, again uh, an editing company to like have one license and run it on a like hundred machines because that costs us, right? So oh yeah. A Th- and-
0: then you build say, Yes, of course.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we will have uh, some sort of like, I mean, again, uh, uh, a limit on how many machines can you log in at one time. And obviously if you like, if you log out from the other machine, that slot opens up again, Mm -hmm. but again, we will have all that flexibility. It's like Netflix. I mean, if you've used Netflix, I mean, you have screens, how many screens can you log in uh, at once and use simultaneously? It's all about simultaneous usage, right? We have people who said that, Hey, I do, I have two machines, one at home, one at office. I want to install on both. And yes, you can do it unless you, like I mean, there's a world wherein like you are sitting on both the machines at the same time and doing <laughs> work on both the machines, uh, and I don't think that's happening. So it's it's uh, it should work. And again, we also want to add in a seat uh, option. Like if you want to increase your seats, let's say if you truly want to have a team of four editors using AfterShoot, if you want to have like four seats for real, then we will have that option as well. And again, it would be very affordable. Similar going in the same vein as the whole uh, after shooter yeah but... that we have in terms of pricing and
0: i think it's going to be more relevant for like there are a lot of like my husband and i were both photographers there are a lot of husband-wife type of duos out there so i think they would be asking themselves hey are we going to have to get two subscriptions or can we do it know. under one
2: you can do it under one
0: that's yeah. awesome I wanna,
2: and actually just to to dive into that as well one of the cool things because we do use the cloud for the profiles that profile can come to any computer you log in on. So you can build a profile on your computer and then your husband can use that profile on his. Um, oh, wow. So. That's yep.
0: amazing. Yeah. And all like right now, I know you've got like, you've opened up edits, right? To anyone to do it. So like, yep. where do they need to go to get started? Where What's the best place? And where can they ask questions? Like give us that information for the first comers ever
1: <laughs> for sure so the best way to get access to culling and edits both is if you go to a website aftershoot.com and sign up if you're not a user if you sign up you'll go to your account page wherein there's an option to download aftershoot and uh, again it's a, sa- it's a single app that has both culling and editing built into it so if you just download the app you will get access to the app that has both culling and editing you culling right now is again it's a $10 per month subscription paid annually you can subscribe to Kaling if you want. You can, otherwise, you can get access to a 30-day free trial, and it's still free, it's, uh, we're not charging for it. We do have a special uh, deal that Justin will probably speak about. <laughs> but nice. uh, at the moment, if you don't want to opt into that deal, you can just like use it, evaluate it, you can do that for free. And uh, in terms of any questions that you need to ask, there is a button within the app called support. There's an in-app support button. If you click on that button, it is uh, handled by our support experts, uh, we also have some developers in there. Um, I also occasionally visit the support forum and uh, yeah, you can just like uh, just send us a message and someone will be in touch with you in the next uh, two to three minutes. So that's our mean turnaround time. So I you'll get it. access to some, you'll get two access to three minutes,
0: not two to three hours. Yeah. That's just the nah, nah, nah. point. Amazing. Nah. Cool. Nah. Justin, take it away with telling us more about edits, how, you know, the subscription and everything to that.
2: Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, that we also have our Facebook community. I'm not sure if Harshit brought that up, but we have that Facebook community. That's a great place to uh, to join. It's just called the AfterShoot community on Facebook. Um, and you can ask some questions there, as well as like you know, just kind of get different people's feedback on what works better for them for workflow. Um, and then the deal. This is my favorite thing to talk about. So as Hardship mentioned, you can try edits for free. You don't, no pressure. You can get in there and, and play with it and see how it works and, and get a good understanding of it. But we do have a limited time offer. Um, and Ida, you're going to share a code, the, a magical code um, that's going to give everyone the ability to buy in for $500 per year for unlimited culling, unlimited editing, Uh, And that's like the deal of the century and it locks you into that pricing. So as we continue to update and launch into any sort of, you know, other updates with the edits uh, and culling, you get all the features that come with it, right? So like we plan on introducing AI masking eventually and, you know, these other pieces. So those will just be included in it. So every new feature, there's no additional charges or anything. You're just locking in your $500 price, which is really cool to be that able is to say, okay,
0: yeah. I will
2: only pay $500 a year for culling and editing as long as I'm subscribed to AfterShoot. So, um, definitely, definitely a deal to, to jump on. Uh, it's very, it's limited time, right? So we, we do this, um, essentially the more people that use editing, the more it ends up costing us. So we continue to have to raise the prices, the more people that dive in. Right, because right. more server costs and, and these sort of things. So essentially, you can lock in your special pricing right now, and not have to deal with paying more later once the once we really officially launch it uh, and let the public buy in at a normal price. So, and I want to flip the question back to you. Sure. What do you want to see next from AfterShoot?
0: Oh my gosh! Just in the <laughs> edits, for example, for me. If the cropping and like straightening becomes perfect, it's going to be a game changer because I am really nitpicky when it comes to that. And if that's settled, my tweaking after the edits, yeah, it'll just be way easier. I know it's something that you're working on, but um, I think that's where I get stuck usually.
2: That's awesome. That's that's great. So, you know, again, every all the feedback, the feature requests, everything that come from our users is what mm-hmm. we push for next, right? So you guys are really dictating the future of AI culling, AI editing. So we look at what you guys say and and take that seriously. So, um, yeah, our cropping model, I'll just dive into it a little bit. Derek, uh, sure,
0: go for it, of course. The
2: cropping model. The cropping model was something that I was very, very, very diligent about. Because I had used other AI cropping, you know, other AI editing, and I've I've played with all of them, and I found that no matter what, every AI was chopping off people, and for Mm me, that's unacceptable. So we decided that we would be gentle, and I said, no matter what we do, the first iteration has to respect human beings, right? You have you cannot cut out a person out of a photo because they matter. So. Uh, that was one of the, like that I, one of my original notes, the first time I ever used AI editing was we need to not stink at cropping.
0: It's so <laughs> um, important. Like that's yeah. just, it makes or breaks a photo. You know exactly. I
2: mean? So so we've uh our initial cropping model is based on on being moderate, right? So we're not trying to overcrop images, we're just trying to tighten them up a little bit. Um, yes. and then now we're launching into further options for us, right? So, how can we get a little bit deeper into AI cropping and learning from users and their crop their crop patterns and how can we build different modules to really get cropping a little bit better so it's already in the works and I'm glad you said it because it reassures me that uh that we're doing the right thing you're
0: on the right path if you get that sorted trust me everyone will stop blocking more people and you're gonna be like where did they all come from
2: <laughs> that's our
0: biggest pain point but um I'm really looking forward to it I just love that you're doing it as a lock-in like you said that the people who are, you know, trusting you diving in right now are gonna have that benefit of as the years go on, you know, they've got that $500 locked in and it's gonna be more than worth it. So that's amazing, you guys. 100
1: Definitely, I love
0: it. Yeah, I love that you're doing it with heart. That's why I am, um, always saying, hey, check out After Shoot, you know, because the people behind. The product, that's what matters to see, you know, that it's with the full heart. And I see that with you guys. So really appreciate you.
1: I well, appreciate the kind words. Uh, these are the words to live by. I mean, before we, I mean, again, before we started monetizing it, edits it, it, it or even calling. I mean, this is what, what uh, kept us going. Right? Like people telling uh, how amazing the yeah, uh, the software is, how it's helping them change their lives. Essentially, it's, it's what keeps us going. And uh, I think that's the that's the goal for us as a company. like okay, Making sure that our users are happy. Photographers who so we work for are happy.
0: So good. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And so I know you'll send me over the code. So it will be in the show notes. That will be definitely available. And whatever questions people have, they will drop it in the Facebook group or in the support and get it started because let's change things up this wedding season people no need to be overwhelmed and burnt out like in the past let's let's keep that in the past let's
2: do that yes, exactly <laughs> let's, let's let's leave ha- let's leave being tired yes. and unhappy and let's leave that behind let's let's start it let's <laughs> turn a new leaf this year
0: I love it thank you so much for joining me Jess and Harsha it has been amazing talking to the both of you and keep up the amazing work and yeah we'll be keeping tracks and once you come up with something more amazing be you're so welcome to come back on the podcast and we'll chat about it as well
1: absolutely so for yeah no it. that's one of a, yeah that's one of personal goals to keep, come to ada's podcast next yes. with something amazing and brand Check. new yeah Check.
0: so good thank yeah, you amazing. thank you so much both of you Thank you so much for joining me for today's bonus episode. I want to encourage you to sign up for a free 30-day trial of aftershoots. And if you love it, which I'm pretty sure that you will, be sure to use my affiliate link in the show notes to lock in unlimited calling and editing for an annual subscription of $499. But be sure to do it before the deadline of May 31st, 2023, because after that, the prices are going up. By the way, this weekend I'm heading to England to speak a snap, so be sure to check out my Instagram stories for a little behind the scenes footage. The podcast will be back in the mid of May, and I'm excited for you to tune into an amazing conversation that I had with Igor Dempa. I wish you an amazing rest of the week, and I will be trying to recover from this cold by the time the weekend rolls around. So I'm cheering you on. As always, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. For the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.